0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we go into the third Mishnah of the second chapter of Yivamot, we get a general rule, a general principle in the Mishnah. Klal Amru bivama our general rule is stated about Yivamot. Anybody that's prohibited as a, I've translated here as a forbidden relationship, but erva is, it's more more than a prohibited relationship. It's a forbidden relationship. It's a forbidden relationship. Erva is a, it's a a completely forbidden relationship. If the relationship is completely forbidden. So for example, the, lever at marriage, the yibum will result in someone marrying his, I don't know, mother and his, his. well, the example we're going to come to is his mother-in-law. If it's completely forbidden, <laughs> the woman concerned doesn't have to do chalitza, she can't have yibum, because no, essentially no yibum exists. So we said yesterday that yibum is at least according to the fundamental of Torah law, is created at the instant, that the instant of the death, the death of a man who is childless and whose brother lives with him. And at that instant, as the childless man dies, a relationship is instantly created between his widow and his brother. But, if there's a question of eruvah, if there's a question of forbidden relationship, this 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 link between his his widow and his brother is never created, so she never has to do chalitza nor have yibum. But the Mishnah goes on to say, isur mitzvah. If there's a, a just a legal prohibition against the relationship, Isur kudusha or some prohibition due to holiness, we'll find out what these are. She must perform chalitza, she doesn't have yibum. So in other words, somehow the the relationship between the widow and the brother does exist, but we're not going to transgress a a mitzvah, so we're going to ask her to do chalitza rather than yibum. And the mishnah then, and we'll find out what these prohibitions of mitzvah and kedusha are. They're addressed in the next mishnah, so we'll explore these. But before we explore them the mishnah is going to go on with a slightly uh, a slightly puzzling a slightly puzzling example if her sister is also if the if her sister is also her well her the 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 the, the, the woman the widow of her the widow who's connected to her brother is also the yavama if her sister is, is the Yivama, but Achotah here, her sister. We're talking here about, we seem to be talking here about the sister of the one with the forbidden relationship. So if you like, we have two sisters. One has a forbidden relationship and the other has the possibility of Yibum. If that's the case, or Choletzet or Mitya Bemet. Either she's got the choice. She can give Chalitza, she can have you, build. She has a choice. And we need to understand what these two sisters are. And I've put a, a diagram on the source sheet just to show the position of two sisters married to two brothers. And in this diagram, the gray, the gr- and I'm going to carry on putting these diagrams on the source sheets. Gray denotes someone who has deceased, someone who's no longer there. And red denotes a yibum, which is impossible for reasons of forbidden relationships. So red is impossible. Gray is deceased. And I'm picking up names, family relationships with which I hope you're familiar. So I won't need to explain that Leah and Rachel are sisters. And Leah has married Shimon and Rachel has married Levi. So in other words, Leah and Rachel have married Shimon and Levi, two sisters. They've married two brothers. It's all possible. Unfortunately, Shimon and Levi pass away. So Leah and Rachel are now connected in terms of Yibum, in terms of Leveret marriage to their brother Ruven. Reuven is still alive. But, but, Let's just stop and think for a minute. Rouven cannot possibly marry simultaneously two sisters. or well, The halakha doesn't allow it when they're both alive. It actually does allow it when one is deceased. And how our father Jacob got away with it, we don't really understand. But for practical purposes, in Torah law, it's not permitted. So in this case, there is no yibum. There's no Yibum at all. Ruven can't marry two sisters. We'll learn actually at the beginning of the next chapter whether Khalitsa is or not necessary in this case. But certainly no Yibum is possible. Two sisters, two brothers. Now, let's just make this a little bit more complicated. Let's have one of the sisters, one of the sisters forbidden to Ruven because of a forbidden relationship. Let's... Suppose that one of these sisters is actually Reuven's mother-in-law. So let me now show you or redraw the picture. Let's redraw the picture. And now we still have a red arrow denoting impossible Yibum, but we have also a blue arrow denoting what is possible, what's permitted. And just as before, Leah and Rachel marry Shimon and Levi. But... Leah has a daughter called Dina. And Dina has married Ruven. So Ruven is married to Leah's daughter. Leah is his his brother's wife, is also his mother in law. His brother's wife is his mother in law in this situation. Now, Shimon and Levi pass away. Ruven cannot marry Leah. She's his mother-in-law. So no, there is no Yibum relationship at all between Ruven and Leah. And that means that the relationship with Rachel now does exist. Because he's forbidden to marry Leah, he can marry Rachel. And so the Mishnah says, Rachel. Rachel can have either... Halitza or Yibum. Out of these two sisters, she's the only one who might be permitted to Ruven Therefore, there is a relationship with Yibum, and she can either have Halitza. Well, let's go back to check the Mishnah. She can her sister. That's the sister of the forbidden, her, the the sister of the forbidden relationship. who is. Possibly subject to Yibum, or cholet or Either she has chalitza or she has Yibum. That is the, the the that is the decoding of the end of Mishnah three in the second chapter. Let's press on a little bit. Let's remember that Mishnah three also mentioned isur mitzvah and isur kudusha Prohibition due to a commandment or prohibition due to holiness. And let's just try to explore what these are in the fourth Mishnah. So the fourth Mishnah says, Isur Mitzvah. What's that? Arayot midivrei sofrim. Now I'm following the Ka'ufman manuscript here. The um, printed text actually says, I think, Shniyot, um, I think the printed text says, Shiniot midivre sofrim. Arayot midivre sofrim are incest forbidden by the scribes. Shiniot midivre sofrim are secondary degrees of incest. Either way, well, either way, in order to understand it, let's look at a Baraita, uh, a a, Tanaitic source, a source from the time of the Mishnah, in the Talmud in Yavamot. And the Talmud asks, Tanu Rabbanan, our teachers taught, Mahem Shniyot, what are these secondary relationships? And then the Talmud brings out a whole bunch of relationships which are not mentioned by the Torah. And yet, which are forbidden. And when we read through this, we'll see they're kind of, they're sort of kind of obvious. We're surprised they're not mentioned by the Torah, but the rabbis are good at picking through the Torah and just filling in the cracks. And so this is what they've done here. Amy Imor, his mother's mother, Ve'im Aviv, his father's mother, those are his two grandmothers, Ve'eshet Avi Aviv, and his father's, Aishet Avi Aviv, his grandfather's. Wife, the Avi his other grandfather's wife, the of M, and the wife of his father's half-brother, and the wife of his mother's half um, half-brother, and the his son's daughter-in-law and his daughter's daughter-in-law. So all of these are very close. To the relationships which are forbidden, forbidden by the Torah, but they're not mentioned in the Torah. And so the rabbis call them shniyot. They call them secondaries. And there are, as we said, there's some printed texts of our Mishnah read Isur mitzvah shniot midivrei sofrim. A prohibition due to a, commandment, due to a commandment. These are the secondaries from the words of the scribes. So these are because. These prohibitions don't exist in Torah. There is a relationship with Yibum, But because it's a, there's an Isur, we ask that a woman performs Halitza and does not perform Yibum. And the same if there's an Isur kudusha. What is an Isur kudusha Well, the Mishnah goes on. A prohibition due to holiness. Well, there's another list. al Kohen Gadol, a divorced woman uh, sorry, uh, a widow marrying a high priest. So one of the, in the parashah Emor, we learn that a high priest can't marry a widow. Guru Kohen What about someone who's divorced or someone who's had um, who, who's 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 performed chalitza to an ordinary kohen? Now a kohen is not a married, not allowed to marry a divorced woman, and indeed someone. Who's performed khalitsa, has the same status as a divorced woman. So a kohen can't marry those. A mamzerit or a nitina to an to a to an ordinary Yisrael. An a mamzer is someone is the product of a forbidden union. And they can't marry a Yisrael. So they can't have yibum. A And now the a Natin is a Gibeonite. So a the fanitina uh, is a female gibeonites these are these are mentioned in the book of judges they tried to convert to judaism they they were considered not to be um uh not to be faithful converts and they sort of live among they they live among the people of israel but a, 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 the, the judges made a ruling that they couldn't intermarry with the people of Israel. And then in the other gender direction as well. Uvat Israel, the Mamzer, ve'la Natin. Add an Israelite woman to a Natin or a Mamzer. And in all of these cases, the relationship of Yibum exists, but because it's prohibited, we ask that the woman performs Chalitza rather than accepting Yibum.